Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast brought to you by Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or would like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience that you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense Technology for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. The FIAAA also wants to thank our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. The FIAAA also wants to thank our great platinum sponsors, including Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Booster Digital Displays, revolutionize your game day experience. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. And Camp Mobile Band, where leaders communicate better. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast brought to you by Violet Defense Technology. Today, we're heading out to the great Pacific Northwest. Uh, we're going to be visiting with Damon Perry. Damon is the Assistant Athletic Director at University Prep in Seattle. Damon, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, we're excited to hear what's going on uh, out in uh, the state where I went to high school back in the day. So uh, here we go. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school, and, and maybe your path that led you to your current position at University Prep. Yeah, so I'm, I'm from, uh, grew up in Los Angeles, California, um, born and raised, um, grew up playing a lot of different sports. Uh, my dad was um, a coach for a lot of my youth sports teams. So I played um, basketball, football, baseball. Um, I had a short stint playing soccer for a little bit for a couple of weeks. Um, um, so yeah, I played a lot of sports growing up, but uh, basketball is kind of the sport um, that I chose to play um, kind of through middle, from middle school, kind of through college. So um, I went to a, a private, I went to a public school for my first two years of high school, uh, Narbonne High School, which is uh, in the South Bay area of LA, LA County. Um, and then after that, after that, those two years, I went to a private school um, in um, Los Angeles, uh, Price High School, um, played basketball at both places, um, and then was fortunate enough to uh, play at Whittier College, which is a small Division three school here, um, just east of Los Angeles, um, and was able to play there um, and graduate from there in 2012. 
um, and with a, a major in kinesiology with emphasis in sports management, um, and then a minor in uh, uh, business administration. Um, so after I graduated from Whittier, Whittier College, um, I took a year to uh, get into, get more into coaching. So I went back to Price High School and um, was an assistant there for my for my head coach. Um, just kind of you know learning about the coaching thing, kind of just trying to get better at that and kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Um, at that same time, I was applying for graduate school programs because um, I kind of knew that if I wanted to, you know, kind of progress, whether in athletics, athletic administration or coaching, that, you know, having a master's degree kind of looks looks good. Um, so I uh, was fortunate enough to get accepted into the intercollegiate athletic leadership program here at the University of Washington in Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a one year program. So I um, uh, got into that program and started in June. Um, and it kind of finished that following June. So, and during that same time, I was a graduate assistant for the um, University of Washington's men's basketball program um, under Coach Lorenzo Romar, who was the head coach at the time. So um, I was fortunate enough to kind of be a graduate assistant kind of the first year. Um, then at the end of that first year, um, they uh, kept me on for an additional year, kind of in a support staff role, um, kind of working with our director of operations and our coaches with a bunch of different like admin things and coaching things as well. Um, so it was a really great experience for me to kind of get both the coaching experience and the athletic administration experience. Um, so after that two years, um, moved back to Los Angeles and got into high school coaching, both at the school level and at the club level um, for two years. Um, and then in 20, was that 2017, my assistant coach at Whittier College became the head coach because my head coach became the athletic director at Whittier College. Um, so he gave me a call and asked me to come on as an assistant coach. So I was an assistant coach at Whittier, at Whittier College, um, my alma mater for one, one season, 2017-2018 um, season. Um, and then uh, after that, I mean, I kind of already knew that I wanted to get involved in athletic administration at the high school level. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. I was kind of preparing myself. I'm sure we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I was kind of preparing myself for um, that kind of whenever it would happen. Um, and then the uh, assistant AD position opened up at University Prep and, um, you know, decided to apply and it was a quick process. I was, I always, I always joke with people. I uh, applied, got interviewed and got uh, hired for the position probably within less than a month. And then soon after that, I started working kind of like a few weeks after that. So it was a fast process, but um, it was a great opportunity for me to kind of get, um, you know, get started in athletic administration. So that's kind of uh that's what's, what's led me here. And this is my third year now here at University Prep. Oh, I always love to hear the stories. And uh, again, some similarities uh, in, in my path. Uh, I started out in public school. Uh, and again, you know, this is my 41st year. Um, started out in public school, uh, coached college for uh, about nine years, and then kind of eased into the private schools where I've been for you know, the last 20 plus years. Um, so your, your experiences have really must have uh, uh, given you a great foundation, you know, the, the GA experience at the University of Washington, the internships, and then, you know, coaching in the, the public school and the colleges. Uh, how have some of those experiences helped you out at your current position at University Prep? Yeah, it's funny because like, with all these different experiences, I'm sure you have the same the same thing. Um, like you, you're able to kind of pick things from different places you've been to kind of apply to your current role. So, you know, there are things that you know that happened in my current role that 
you know, I, I refer to when I was a graduate assistant at UW and, you know, I'm able to kind of pull from that experience to kind of help navigate that situation. And then as a coach, you know, being a coach, you know, both at the high school and college level, I'm able to kind of talk with our coaches, um, you know, through some situations and kind of help them navigate some situations in my current role there at University Prep. So I'm able to kind of pick and pick things that I kind of picked up from other coaches or other admin people um, to, you know, be able to bring the most value and I value that I can to my current role. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, it just gives you those little nuggets and a perspective to share. I remember when I was still a head football coach, you know, I'd be talking with parents and I could tell them, you know, hey, I've been in your seat before as a parent, you know, when my kids were going through the recruiting process. Uh, I've also mm -hmm. been that coach, that college coach, trying to decide, is this kid, you know, going to get a full scholarship or a, or a partial? Uh, and I'm that coach that's been placing kids for, you know, 20 plus years. So again, good yeah. stuff. Um, Damon, we always like to... Um, talk about the importance of leadership and particularly mentorship in our profession. So I'm curious, who are some of your mentors um, growing up? Uh, maybe family members or, or coaches that you had, or maybe even people that you've worked with or worked for. Uh, whose voice do you still hear in your head uh, when you're talking to kids and coaches? Yeah, um, first and foremost, I always hear my parents. Um, they instilled for me at a young age to always, uh, you know, be a good person and to strive to be the best at whatever it is that you do. Um, and also to be a leader. They try to instill those leadership qualities in me at a young age, just to kind of, you know, be your own person, be a leader. Um, so I always, I always hear their voices kind of in a lot of things that I do. Um, and also my sister, uh, my sister was always like seven years older than me and she played basketball growing, you know, played basketball at the club and high school level and played went on and get a scholarship to play at um, Columbia University. Um, so, you know, I always kind of looked, she was kind of more of a, a mentor kind of by what she did, because I was always trying to kind of match up to her and kind of be, you know, be at the same level that she was at. So she was another one. Um, also uh, coach Mike Lynch, which is my coach at Price High School, um, the private school that I went to. Um, he's, he's played a huge, he's had a huge impact on kind of where I am today and kind of who I am as a person. He really pushed me. And, you know, instilled a lot of confidence in me to be a really good player and, you know, post playing for him, like just to kind of really get involved either as a coach or as an athletic administrator. He's played a huge role in that. Um, definitely. Um, another one would be uh, Lance LeVetter, who was the director of basketball operations at the University of Washington. Um, he was the one who kind of uh, allowed me to kind of you know be a graduate assistant and then have that additional year. Um, in a support staff role. He was kind of one that I worked with closely with all the logistics stuff, um, you know, stuff behind the scenes to kind of make sure that the program was running well and efficiently. So he's another one that I'll, that it was definitely one of my mentors, is still one of my mentors. Um, and then now as an AD, uh, Paul Jones, he was the, he's at, he was the athletic director at Orange Lutheran High School in Orange County, California. He's now at a, at a different school, at uh, Sunny Hills High School. But he was the one that really introduced me and kind of showed me kind of what he did. He kind of let me kind of um, kind of follow him around, um, you know, ask a, a ton of questions. I still ask him a ton of questions. Um, so he was one that really kind of introduced me to the to at, to the AD role at the high school level. Um, another one now who's my supervisor, Rebecca Mo. Um, she's you know she's been in this role for twenty plus years, and you know she's been an amazing. Um, partner and, you know, advocate for me and kind of, you know, support system and resource to kind of, you know, help me navigate situations that I've been dealing with um, in this role for three years. 
Um, so she's definitely one of my, my mentors as well. Um, Chris Hartley, who's the AD at Lake, the Lakeside School here in Seattle, Washington. He's another one that I, I feel like I send him emails probably every, you know, at least once a month about different things, kind of what he's thinking, kind of what are they're doing at their school that we may be able to apply at our school. Um, he's, so he's another great resource. And then also, I'm a, uh, I'm a regional captain for the NOMAD. Uh, NOMAD was the National Organization of Minority Athletic Directors. So um, that board, the board of ADs for that group, you know, Tony Fisher and Anthony Thomas, um, they've been really good, you know, resources for me and mentors for me, um, you know, kind of navigating this role as an athletic director as well. So a lot of different mentors. I'm sure there's, I'm missing a bunch, but, you know, I try to pick, pick, pick the brains of those who have been in positions that I'm, I'm in or looking to be in. So um, those would be my mentors for sure. Oh, no, I mean, that, that's great that you have uh, not only a, a vast pool, but you're still able to get in touch with them. And of course, you know, we, I know Rebecca Moe and Tony Fisher, you know, he was down in Florida for a number of years. Uh, that's mm -hmm. a great, great group of mentors that you have. Uh, I failed to mention when I introduced <laughs> you that you are a certified athletic administrator. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's important for our younger ADs, and you're certainly, you know, you're younger than me, but uh, I think it's important for young ADs to hear about the journey and how that happens. Well, geez, how does that person become a CAA or a CMAA? So talk a little bit about how you got involved with your state association and then how you went through that process of earning your CAA. Yeah, so I got started kind of with this process um, before I even became um, an AD here at University Prep. I kind of, I got started with it when I was actually coaching at Whittier College because I kind of knew that this was the way that I wanted to go, kind of the route that I wanted to go. So I was kind of doing research to figure out what would, you know, what would, what do I need to do to kind of get, you know, get my foot in the door, kind of stand out um, when it's time for me to apply for these positions. Um, and then I came across the NIAAA website with all the different certifications and um, I, really, I, I wanted to start getting involved. So I became, I became a RAA, um, I took a couple of the, the, the basic courses and I became an RAA before I even became the assistant AD here at University Prep um, while I was coaching at Whittier College. So when I, I think I, I, uh, I took the last class probably after our season, right, right after our season. Um, so that's what I mean. I, I also got involved at the, um, the stable level at the in, in California. I attended the uh, the California State ADs conference um, in San Francisco. Um, you know, just as someone who just wanted to learn. Like, and there were a lot of people like, where, where, what, what, um, you know, where are you? You know, what school are you at as AD? I'm like, I'm not at any school. Like, I'm a college coach right now, but I'm I want to become a as high school athletic director. So I was kind of just looking to learn and you know those workshops there and being able to kind of. Um, you know, be there with, you know, my, one of my mentors, Paul Jones, and kind of talk with a couple other ADs. That was a really good experience. And then once I uh, got here in Washington, um, Rebecca was, Rebecca Mo was really, you know, she really wanted me to start getting involved at the state level here in Washington, you know, really start taking more of the LTI courses to kind of become, an, to become a CAA. Um, so I, I just took my test uh, to become a CAA in November. Um, so I was able to kind of get through all the courses, took them at, you know, the, the national conference, um, last, uh, two years ago. Um, and it took a lot, the final couple of courses at this past, uh, national conference, um, the virtual conference. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been something that's that's allowed me to stand out and give me a lot of you know resources to be able to continue to learn and grow in the profession. And also has been a great way for me to kind of be able to connect and network with different ADs, whether it's at the state level or at the national level. So it's been a great experience. Great, great uh, public service announcement there for the certification process. And uh, as a longtime member of the National Certification Committee, I wouldn't be doing my job I didn't uh, remind you to uh, start working toward that CMAA also. Absolutely. I'm working on it. Okay. We are visiting with Damon Perry, Certified Athletic Administrator and the Assistant AD at University Prep in Seattle. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our podcast sponsor, Violet Defense. The FIAAA would like to thank Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for, for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Technology for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. We're back with Damon Perry. Coach, uh, one of the things we like to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. What are some initiatives or some programs at University Prep that when you step back and look at, you can say with equal parts pride and humility, boy, we really do a great job with this. What are some best practices at University Prep? Well, I think the first thing is um, we really, both Rebecca and I really both, um, are, we really feel that communication is extremely important in this role um, to the point where we, I feel like sometimes we want to over communicate just to make sure that everyone has that has the proper information. So that's parents knowing where, you know, what teams their students are on, um, logistics in terms of where the games are, um, expectations in terms of um, what's the expectation of for certain teams, the objectives with first certain teams between the, you know, the, the freshman JV and varsity level, um, just Communication is overall just to make sure that everyone is kind of aware of what's going on and has all of the proper information. I, I think that that's something that me, both Rebecca and I um, have, have really, you know, um, harped on just to make sure that we are kind of running the, the program the best way that we can. So communication is one. And then also our school is a uh, we have a no cut policy through our from our middle school level and at the upper school level. So what that means is basically. For any student that comes out, regardless of where they are with experience or skill, we're able to place them on a certain team. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, you know, for some schools that, you know, some schools, a lot of schools don't do that, but at our school, it provides students who may have been a little hesitant to come out for a certain sport to have that experience to be able to participate, regardless of they're looking to go on and play in college or professionally, or if this is something that they want to do, just another way to for them to be healthy and to be fit and another way, another avenue for them to kind of get to know some of their classmates. So um, uh, that program has been extremely important for us here at the University, at, at university Prep. Um, and I think it's something that we really, really, you know, 
um, harp and thrive on in terms of being able to create that environment where everyone can come in and everyone feels like they will have a space for them and they're, that they're welcome to try out a sport, even if they're, you know, don't have as that much experience in that particular sport. So I think communication and providing a space where everyone is uh, welcome, feels that they're welcome, um, and to be able to strive to be the best versions of themselves kind of within the sports. So I think those are the two things that really stand out for us here at uh, University Prep. Very, very cool. I love on the communication part, you use that phrase over communicate. I had a, a boss uh, many years ago that introduced me to that term. I really love it. Okay. And again, we're at a private school as well. And we have, um, we don't call it no cut. Uh, but at our middle school level, we do the same thing. You know, we have multiple teams and, and we find the right team, the right fit for that student athlete. Good stuff. Yep. Um, for our listeners, we're recording this episode on May 19th, which puts us well past the one-year anniversary of COVID. Damon, I know that um, the state of Washington had uh, a different way that they handled uh, COVID. In Florida, we had a basically we had a one-month delay, and then we kind of went through as normal with obvious protocols and social distancing practices in place. But share a little bit with our listeners, you know, what happened uh, this year with not just return to play, but return to school in Washington. Uh, what's going on as far as COVID? Yeah, so um, in terms of school, um, we were, you know, obviously when once March 2020, we were obviously returned completely to online learning. Um, and we stayed through online learning for the remainder of that school year, like the last school year, and probably up until, uh, I want to say, November, December of this year, um, of this school year. Um, after that, we started to kind of test out, you know, kind of a hybrid model where we had a couple, couple of grade levels on campus at certain times, um, maybe for like half day. Um, and they kind of, it kind of built from there. So we started out doing, started small with like hybrid, you know, certain grades for, you know, did that for maybe a month or two. And then we got to the point where we had half the, you know, upper school was on campus two days a week, full time. And then middle school was on campus two days a week, full time. Um, up until the point where we're now in May, we've, uh, where everyone is pretty much on campus, both middle school and upper school at our school. So, and it's been going, it's been going pretty well so far for us. We haven't had any um, you know, we're, we're following all the proper protocols and abiding by kind of the state guidelines. And, you know, it's been really great to have all of the students on campus again. And I can tell that they're happy to be on campus to be with their teachers, with their classmates, with their friends. So it's been a great experience. Um, with athletics, um, we probably at the beginning of the school year, we were still, we weren't really doing anything either at the middle school or upper school level uh, until around probably October when we were able to, we kind of got, got the green light to start doing um, small pod sessions with, you know, groups of five to six um, or maybe 10 if you were in an outdoor sport. Um, so we were able to do that both at the middle school and the upper school level, um, just to be able to provide something while we were trying to figure out as a state um, what we were going to do in terms of seasons and when it was going to be okay for us to be able to have competitions and things like that. So um, we did that probably up until um, until around January. And then uh, we got the okay to start um, start competitions at the high school level in February. So starting February 1st. Um, so the way we did it here in the state of Washington was um, it's six week seasons. So we did fall sports first. It started February, February 1st. And then um, season two was our spring sports. 
um, which started, I want to say, in uh, March 15th. Um, and then right now we are in week two of our um, six-week basketball season here. Um, so it's been a, it's, we've had a, a lot of different changes to the schedule. I want to say the schedules have changed probably 10 plus times since we started the school year. Um, but it's been great to be able to kind of get, you know, we're at the kind of final, the final stretch here. So, so um, with a couple of seasons, a couple of weeks left for basketball. So it's been great to have um, competitions um, and, you know, be able to have, provide that environment for the students. Um, especially for a lot of the students who lost a lot. This is our spring sports students last year who didn't even get to have a season. So I was really excited to have them back out there for their sports and be able to uh, compete at a high level. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a whirlwind, but we're, we're, we're at the final stretch of it here in the state of Washington. Well, we just, again, as you follow this from, you know, state to state, it's just you're, you're so, uh, <laughs> it's such a relief when a state decides to uh, return to play. Uh, what was it like for your kids, your coaches, and your parents, you know, when they found out, you know, hey, we're going to have uh, some kind of sports season? Yeah, I think everyone was excited. I mean, I think they, you know, once we started having uh, the pod sessions and the gr small group sessions, um, their, their itch to compete got higher and higher and higher, both from the students and the parents. Like, I think everyone was kind of advocating for us to be able to compete. So once we got the green light, I think it was just pure excitement. You know, whatever, I think... Our parents, were just, our parents and uh, uh, students were very appreciative of whatever that looked like. Um, so whatever, whatever needed to be done for us to be able to compete, whether that means wearing a mask for every, like for outdoor sports, indoor sports, where that means parents can't come to our indoor, you know, indoor uh, competitions and they have to watch it online. Um, I think they were just very happy to have sports and competitions back in any shape or fashion. Um, so that's been my experience. The parents and students have been extremely appreciative of the work that we've been we've had to do to kind of get this run, get this running, running and rolling. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the it's natural for the kids and the coaches to be excited. But I, I don't think that uh, there was another group more excited than the parents to see the kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Damon, another question we've been asking athletic directors since we started this um, almost a year ago revolves around uh, the idea of social awareness, social justice, if you will. And I know it's a tricky question, but what are some things from your perspective, what are some things that athletic directors can do better uh, in this area with their kids, their coaches, their families? You know, how can we do a better job? Um, I think the first thing is really to, you know, come to these um, conversations and situations with an open mind. I think we, everyone has a lot of different, you know, life experiences and perspectives and, you know, you know, backgrounds. Um, and I think athletics is a great way to kind of bring a lot of different people together. So um, I think from my experience is being able to ensure that we're creating as ADs and making sure that we're creating environments where, you know, everyone feels, you know, welcome, that they're welcome, that their perspective and background is appreciated. Um, both coaches and students, and to ensure that we're provide, you know, ensure that we are kind of giving our coaches um, in our community kind of um, the proper resources to be able to provide these safe environments. Um, you know, I think through a lot of this, there's been a lot of different organizations that have come up um, that have been created um, to be able to provide more of these um, more resources for students and for coaches and for communities. You know, whether it be their, you know, different state associations creating DEI 
um, DEI committees or there being like a nomad group or, you know, the global women ADs group, um, you know, different organizations, uh, you know, having the national AD conference, no AD uh, webinars with, you know, Amanda Waters and, you know, IRA Childress, where they'll be able to provide those different types of, you know, resources through for different ADs like that. So I think, you know, um, it's extremely, like I said, it's extremely important that we as ADs, you know, provide that environment for our coaches and for our students and be able to be willing to have, you know, uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations. Um, I think uh, through a lot of that, um, there's growth in that, um, being able to, you know, listen to someone else who has maybe a different opinion or a perspective from your own um, and to be able to kind of figure out a way to come to come together to create a common goal. Because I think a lot of this has been, you know, you know, whether it be some people think it's political, some people think it's, you know, X, Y, Z, I think a lot of it is just, you know, a human situation and, you know, just being um, open to realizing that um, and being able to support the people that you work with or that you, you know, are partners with kind of in that process. So, um, you know, uh, hopefully that made sense, but I think it's really just kind of providing that a safe environment for everyone involved, regardless of where they come from or who they are, or what their background is. Oh, no, I really appreciate you sharing that. And, you, know, you mentioned three organizations that really kind of came out of, you know, this pandemic to a degree, you know, the, the National AD Network with Amanda and Ira, uh, the global community with Jen Brooks. Uh, we've had all of them on our show, by the way. And also Nomad. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about the organization and, you know, maybe how they can get involved if they'd like to. Yeah, so um, normally those organizations, it's a national organization of minority athletic directors. And what we usually do is we have um, their webinars, uh, monthly webinars where, you know, we have different um, speakers come on. Um, you know, I think our, our last webinar um, was with uh, two, two ADs uh, at the college level, um, the UCLA, the new UCLA AD, and then the AD at Auburn. University, when they were kind of just talking about their experience as being, you know, kind of um, African Americans in an AD role um, at the collegiate level. Um, so it was great information. Um, it's, you know, it's an organization that provides great information. And then we also have, you know, sessions to where, you know, different ADs can share ideas, kind of what they're doing in their state, what they're doing at their school, um, you know, and also providing those DEI resources that we can provide at our own schools um, in our, and, and in our own communities as well. Um, so I think the best way to get involved is um, go to the, no, the nomadassociation.org um, and then you'll be, you'll be able to kind of follow the prompts and be able to kind of sign up from there. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an association to where you don't necessarily have to be a person of color to be involved. Um, if it's something that you want to kind of get involved just to be able to provide that information to um, your school or programs, um, it's a very welcoming kind of organization that just wants to be able to provide that environment for both minority ADs and for people who are just looking to just better their um, schools and uh, communities as well. So it's, a, it's been a great program for me so far. And, I, and I'm, I'm, the, I'm the regional captain for Section 8. Um, I'm still trying to figure out kind of what that's going to look like in the next couple couple years. But uh, um, um, yeah, it's been a great way for me to kind of connect with other ADs and, you know, across the state, um, just be able to kind of learn from them and just be able to provide uh, additional resources from our school here in Seattle. No, I, I think you're doing the job right now is, you know, you're promoting the organization and uh, 
uh, again, I, I, you know, Tony reached out to me, you know, and, and I signed up uh, again, great speakers, great program, a lot of education. You know, we, you know, we, we want to be lifelong learners and, you know, this is certainly an area that, you know, many of us uh, can, can stand to learn more. Demont Barry, this has been really cool getting to know you and hearing about your program, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. I'm going to ask you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Demond Perry's athletic director toolbox? Um, I think the first thing would be uh, a Google Drive um, with uh, yeah access to a Google Drive because for me, um, I pretty much. Uh, 90% of my job, a lot of that stuff goes in my Google Drive, you know, so I think that's really a great way of being organized and having access to different things um, at a moment's notice when needed. So Google Drive would be my first thing in the toolbox. The second thing would be a completed handbook for both for coaches, parents and students, um, being able to have that information to be able to provide it to your community and to be able to refer back to it whenever, you know, some challenges are situations arise. I think that's extremely important. And then lastly, I think it will be a contact list of your administrators and people, your facilities people, because um, those people, those individuals are very extremely important to the overall success of, uh, of an athletics program. In my experience, you know, three years in, um, you know, being, you know, having that um, access to your admin team um, to be able to feel that they are supporting you and, and you can reach out to them for different questions. And then also your facilities people, because I think they play a huge role in kind of how things run, just making sure that facilities are kind of in, in great shape, fields are in great shape. Um, so I think you want you want to be uh, really good, really good friends with, with your facilities people in my in my experience. So I guess those, those are the three things. Google Drive, um, handbooks for, you know, all individuals involved in the program and um, access to contact lists for your admin and um, maintenance and facilities uh, staff. And, you know, no surprise, all three of those, I think would tie in very nicely with that idea that you talked about of communication over communication, just so critical. Mm -hmm. I love the uh, facilities component. Um, you know, when that, uh, whether it's the groundskeeper or the uh, custodian that sweeps the gym, you know, when they're saying, hey, that's my gym floor, or that's my field, you know, you know, you've got that uh, culture built in. Great, great stuff. Damon Perry, yeah. uh, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, my email is um, dperry at universityprep.org. Um, that's pretty much the best way to contact me right now, but I'm also on, um, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, you know, I'm not as active on Twitter in terms of writing. I'm kind of more just looking at other people's stuff, but you know, um, if you kind of want to see what I'm, what I'm looking out, you know, looking at or kind of getting involved in, I usually post it there. Um, so you can pretty much search my name in Twitter and it should pop up and then LinkedIn as well. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I like to share a lot of different things that, you know, involve in that athletics and just sports in general there. So that's another great way of connecting with me. Just be able to search my name, Damon Perry, and it should pop up. So those are probably the best ways to get in contact with me. And he's uh, also on the NIAAA portal. So you can uh, get contact information there as well. 
Damon, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are also being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.